welcome to the Get Better with Heather show, where I help women get better weight loss results and feel better in their bodies and thrive into midlife and beyond. I'm a health and life coach and take a different approach to health. I help women make life shifts, creating conditions for success without strict dieting and restriction. And I look at both the physical aspect of weight loss and the impact of the mind. Getting healthier, feeling better in your body, and losing weight long-term is intertwined with all the aspects of life and I break it down for you to make success simple and manageable. What I know about weight loss in midlife is that it takes shifting perspectives and making small habit changes part of everyday life. And this is different for every person. You may have lost confidence in your ability to control eating and weight gain over years of dieting, what I call the roller coaster of dieting. But all of that can change when you know the right steps and begin to understand how you think and how this impacts the decisions you make. I coach around self-awareness and decision-making within the realm of getting healthier, losing weight, and feeling good in your body. These changes can have an incredible impact in your life how, on how you feel and how you then look at the world. Changing how you look and feel to yourself is a process that can happen over a period of time and sometimes can happen in an instant. That is the impact of coaching for self-awareness. My podcast called the Get Better with Heather show helps you get better at life and health so that you can feel better and be better on your terms. If you want to see if my one-on-one coaching program is right for you, you can contact me on my website, getbetterwithheather.com, to schedule a free clarity call. For now, I welcome you to the Get Better With Heather show. Well, hello there. This is Heather McAllister, health and life coach. And today, we are going to be talking about stress and weight loss. So have you been struggling to lose weight and struggling with stress in your life? And I am going to venture to guess that most of you guys out there are probably dealing with some level of stress. In fact, I think most of the people that I have coached, it seems to come down to stress and burnout being one of the number one factors that we talk about the most, the thing that seems to impact motivation and weight loss resistance. And I'm going to talk about all of that today. We're going to talk about what stress is, how it can manifest with weight loss resistance, especially in us midlife women, and then some strategies to overcome it. And they may be strategies that you haven't thought of before. So really listen in. I think this is going to be a really valuable show for you guys today. So I used to think that stress was inevitable in my life. And to some degree, 
It is, honestly. But it was out of control. And if I'm thinking back to the last 10 or so years in my life, I've really struggled with stress and burnout. And it's something that I've always struggled with, but in the last 10 years seemed to get kind of out of control and really impact me physically, mentally, and at times really caused me to burn out in my job. So just a little background on me. Other than being a health and life coach, I've worked in the healthcare field as an occupational therapist for over 20 years. And I would say that I've had my ups and downs and stressful periods of being a therapist, but the last 10 years were the hardest. And some of that could be you know, hormonal changes that were going on in my life could be that in general, things have gotten more demanding in our roles in healthcare. And I think they have, but what happened was I would get to this point where I was so stressed out that I was going home exhausted. And I felt like just like crawling into bed and (laughs) pulling the covers over my head. I was fatigued. I was literally emotionally depleted. And that was the feeling of burnout for me. Um, I just felt exhausted. And I knew that I couldn't sustain that because I have a family and I can't go home and be emotionally absent for them. I have kids. I have a husband. I have family members. I have friends. And If I think even about my life in general, that's not the only place that I get depleted. I could easily get exhausted when I'm out with a group of people. And not all the time, and not everyone, but some people in some situations, I would feel like my energy was being literally drained from my body. I would go home with a headache and probably a jaw ache from clenching my jaw. And I really didn't want to be around people that much because I was already tired. I was already fatigued. I was already kind of stressed out. I thought I was just an overly sensitive person. I thought that other people were draining me. And that was my belief. I felt like my job was draining me. And I'm going to talk about how this belief, this thought was really disempowering because it would make me want to avoid some social situations. And my job would drain me so that I didn't have the emotional energy to interact with people. So there was a whole lot going on in my body, in my thought process that was causing this stress and burnout. Then there were times that I would blame other people. Like I would blame my coworkers for being difficult and being negative. I would complain or blame, you know, my supervisors or even just the whole work system, whoever I worked for. Like they everybody was wrong. Everybody was bad. It was really this just very negative mindset. And I see this same thing happening with my clients. And I've been working through this quite a bit. So the way I approach these situations now, my mindset, and I'm going to get into all of that, um, is so very different 
But this is something that I see with my clients. And I think because I've been working through this and getting past it, that it really is apparent when I'm seeing other people get stuck in this same loop that's causing burnout, that's causing them to be super stressed in life, and how this impacts ultimately their health and their ability to show up in the world and to follow through with things because it does get in the way of us showing up in a powerful way or showing up for ourselves and doing the things that we set out to do, right? So I'd have people who, you know, planned to do X, Y, Z for themselves during a coaching session in the next week, whether that was going, you know, to exercise or whatever the plan might be, not do it because they had a really bad day and they were exhausted and just didn't have the energy to show up for themselves. So this stress, this burnout that a lot of us, I think, are experiencing right now, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the world, honestly, that are so heavy. It has a profound effect on our weight loss and our health overall. And we we know this, right? We know this to some degree, but it wasn't until I really started to look into my life through this lens that I realized, first of all, how much it was impacting my health and my ability to show up for myself and then see this too in my clients, but also how I could truly change that narrative and how I could truly change how this was impacting me. Through my coaching experience, being coached and learning about coaching, life coaching in particular, I became aware of how I looked at and reacted to these situations, these circumstances in my life, and how it caused me to then feel, and then how I felt impacted my behaviors. It wasn't necessarily the situation It was what I decided to make the situations mean. So how do I know this is true? (laughs) Because sometimes you could see someone else in that very same situation and it not bother them at all. They react completely different. Have you ever wondered about these people? Things just seem to roll off their shoulders. (laughs) Like they just go with it. They don't make it mean anything about themselves. They don't get stressed out and upset and worried about situations or what other people are thinking. And have you ever wondered, like, I wish I could be that person, right? I have often had that thought. Like, I wish I could be that person who just rolled with the punches sometimes and didn't get all worked up about everything, wasn't so sensitive. Well, that quality may not be as elusive as you might think. So stick with me because we're going to talk about how you can start to develop this muscle of thinking differently so that maybe your body is less stressed. So basically, this this whole idea, this whole topic, our reaction to situations is really a mindset, right? It's our way of thinking. And we as humans, can influence and change and choose what we think. This is something that you can change. So how does this all tie into weight loss? And this doesn't have to tie into weight loss because you could just want to feel better in your life, right? Like you may just not want to feel so crummy and stressed and worn out and you want to be able to show up in the world. And actually, that's where it really started for me. I didn't really tie this into 
you know, my health and my body as much as I just wanted to get through the day and feel good and not be so emotionally drained. But there is a link between chronic stress and our ability to lose weight. And I want to say that this in particular, it can affect anybody, but in our 20s and 30s, we tend to be a little more resilient hormonally. So there is this hormonal piece um, that is influenced by our reaction to life. But when we get into our 40s and beyond, we not only have more on our plate in general, right? We have more job demands. We have kids sometimes that we're taking care of, our elderly parents, kids that are teenagers that have bigger problems. We may have more financial stress. But our hormones become less balanced, as women specifically. And that makes us a little less resilient. And so it is really important in our 40s and 50s that we take steps to be better hormonally balanced. And, you know, stress triggers these things to become imbalanced, right? So stressors, whether it's our mental stress or physical stress or whatever, and one of the stress hormones in particular, cortisol, is released when we feel stress or when our body is under any kind of stress. It could be nutritional stress, could be physical if we're over or under exercising or if we're not getting enough sleep. It could be environmental stressors, whether that is poor air quality or toxins, or it could be emotional. And that's kind of what I'm going to get into today, the emotional stress which emotions are a result of the way we react, the way we think, the way we interpret what's going on in our world. So cortisol causes our body to store fat. It's basically a defense mechanism to keep us alive. It prompts our body to release glucose into our bloodstream. And as a result, insulin then is released and insulin is a fat storage hormone. So any of that glucose, that energy that gets released into your bloodstream that doesn't get used, the insulin stores away as fat. And usually it gets stored as belly fat as kind of an emergency. So chronically high cortisol and insulin can make us over time insulin resistant. And that can make it really, really difficult for us to burn the fat that's on our body. So it causes weight loss resistance. So it makes this really hard to lose that belly fat. And turning this mechanism around, around, by the way, in a healthy way, in a sustainable way, can actually take some time, which is why I tell people not to get discouraged when they're trying to lose weight, especially when they're in this stress cycle. If you had a lot of things go on, a lot of circumstances that have been stressful in your life, rebalancing your hormones and getting this all to work in your favor can take some time. Our body was designed to survive at all costs, and it does this brilliantly. And the stress response, whether it's real or something that we're kind of making up in our head, it reacts the same way physiologically in your body. Your brain feels stress, which is the emotions. And as a result of how you perceived that situation, it goes into survival mode. And the more you're in that survival mode, the more chronic it becomes. And cortisol being that one hormone that helps to 
get you the energy that you need to flee this life-threatening situation, even though it may not be life-threatening, your brain can't differentiate that. So it doesn't matter if it's perceived stress or a real stress, meaning somebody's chasing you and you're running for your life. Over time, chronic stress can actually then, as a defense mechanism again, cause to dial down some thyroid hormone. Some people will call this adrenal fatigue. When we get out of that fight or flight mode and we just become exhausted, we have no energy. Our body is saving energy. It's doing this perfectly to help conserve energy. It's going to dial down your metabolism so that you're not using up as much energy. It's going to store fat more readily. And it may take a while for this to show up like clinically. It's not as if you could go to the doctor necessarily and get diagnosed with a thyroid problem. But these are things that are sort of just happening in your body. And you might be slowing down and you might be getting tired, low energy, and you start to feel burnt out like you've hit a wall. So from that physiological perspective, stress can actually make you more insulin resistant. And this is an issue that's already kind of going on in our bodies in our 40s and our 50s. And one of the reasons why we gain weight so easily when we're eating foods that are high in carbohydrates. So there are a ton of strategies that you can use to help calm your body down when you're stressed. And I use a lot of these in my daily life. Meditation is a big one, and it's been proven to help your body's resilience to stress. There's a lot of research to support this. Meditation is awesome. And meditation can help train your brain and your body to have less of a reaction to uh, stress in the world. So that is a really useful tool. It's something you can practice and get better at over time, and it can really help keep you calmer in situations and more resilient when you are in situations that are really, really stressful. I actually look at my heart rate variability and heart rate variability, which is a topic for another show is something I totally geek out on. I love talking about it. Um, but understanding this can help you tap into your part of your nervous system called the autonomic nervous system. And you can figure out ways to actually calm your, your nervous system down to reduce the stress reaction that's happening in your body. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Deep breathing is one really simple, free way that you could kind of calm your body down in a situation. So if you're seeing something stressful, you're experiencing something stressful, and you get good at doing this, you can kind of calm yourself down, lower your heart rate, lower your cortisol reaction. There are also supplements that you can take out there. Um, ashwagandha is one that I take, and they can help you better cope with physical and emotional stress. And there are things that you could do, like taking a walk, going exercise, you know, going to an exercise class, calling a friend. All of those things can definitely help with your ability to cope with the stress in your life. Those are all valid things that you can do. I found, however, that some stress was so overwhelming to me that even these strategies didn't quite work completely for me. I was still getting stressed. Things were still bothering me. Yes, I could calm myself down and I could try to get over it and I can go for a walk and get rid of those stress hormones and that was really helpful. 
but I was still having this reaction to daily life that was overwhelming and exhausting. And sometimes it was so overwhelming that it was really hard for me to motivate myself to do those self-care things that really helped. So there was actually a point in my career that I could do all of those things, right? Like I would, you know, go for a walk. I would exercise. I would eat healthy, you know, listen to meditations. And I still was like depleted completely. I had trouble coping with my home life, being emotionally present for my family. And that made me feel even worse. And... (laughs) I've often identified myself, and maybe you do too, as an empath. And I think sometimes when we see ourselves or have this tendency um, to be really empathic, that we take on other people's energy and we absorb their emotions very easily. So maybe that sounds familiar to you. Now, I believe that empathy can be a skill and it can actually even be a superpower, I think, when you're working with people. But as you may know, it can also deplete your energy. And labeling myself as an empath meant that I gave away that control over my energy, right? So I allowed what was going on in the world around me and other people's other people's circumstances to deplete my energy. I could because I could so easily what would feel like taking on their emotions inside my body taking on their energy. What I didn't realize is that I was doing this by the thoughts and the way I was interpreting the situations. I was creating the feeling and that energy in my body. They weren't giving it to me. I was taking it on myself. I was allowing this to happen. You can't magically take on other people's energy. You create that energy or emotion by the thoughts that you're having about them. That's what's creating your emotions. You are creating your emotions. No one else is creating them. You are. So I'm not going to say that there isn't a such thing as an empath. And I'm not going to say that being empathic is a negative thing. We don't need to become hard, cold, and not feeling because it's really helpful to try to see people from their perspective. But we do not need to make other people's stuff about us and make it stressful. And I think that's where the shift needs to come. When we make it mean something, when we're comparing ourselves, when we're internalizing, when we begin to complain about how other people are making us feel, Those are the reactions and the thoughts that we can change. We can change our thoughts and we can can then change how we feel about situations and we can make it be more neutral and less stressful. So have you ever thought about how somebody who works in emergency situations, whether it's an ER doctor or an EMT, can be so calm in a major emergency It's because of their thoughts and their focus. They can, they have this awesome ability to hold it together, stay focused. And it's based on what they're thinking in that moment. They're totally honing in on what they need to do in that moment and not making it mean more, right? 
And that allows them to do what they need to do in a crisis. They're able to control their thoughts in that situation. And this doesn't mean that they don't maybe afterwards get emotional about it and process some feelings about it. But they can, right? And we can learn how to control our mindset and our thoughts in certain situations so that it doesn't affect us quite as much. So it doesn't deplete us and stress us out. And, you know, empathy is a good thing. Just for doctors, it's a good thing for all of us. But when we're taking on everything around us and we're making it mean something that depletes us, that's where we're getting burnout. And we can influence this to stop it from happening based on being aware of our thoughts and changing that narrative. One of the major shifts that I've had, and this really has taken me a while to work through, and it is a work in progress. I still catch myself. It's that realization that other people's stuff, their emotions, the things that they say, they're, maybe their negativity, it's usually the negative, right? They're complaining. Even their criticism of me, and this one's been a real rough one for me, it's about them, not me. And the more I practice that thought, the more I realize that other people's stuff doesn't have to impact how I feel. I can control how other people's energy, their emotions, how it affects me and what I make that mean. So I'm going to give you an example. So let's say you go to work and you work in a hospital and everyone there is typically unhappy. They're stressed out. You give to your patients, you're working hard, you're trying your best. And some of those situations are tough, right? Like you might have some really sick patients or people that you're working with and you feel for them. You try to be that person that your coworkers can lean on and they come to you with everything. And each day you feel dread because you feel underappreciated, you're stressed, and you're emotionally tired, physically tired too. And it really just all feels too much. You might have patients that are cranky and it's tough, right? It's emotional. Then your coworkers come to you and they're, they're complaining about all the changes at work. And maybe your boss is telling you that you're not doing your job right. They're demanding that you see more patients, that you get more done, that you make changes. And by lunchtime, actually, you're like ready to go home. You're exhausted. The circumstances that you're facing are that your patients are going through some pretty rough circumstances, right? They're sick. That's a circumstance. You have sick patients. You have coworkers who tell you your problems, and you have a boss that's telling you you need to make changes. Those are the facts. And we can't change those circumstances or these facts necessarily, right? Unless we change our jobs, which is always an option. But you're probably going to face the same circumstances no matter where you go or different ones, right? They're just going to be different. Most places can be stressful to work at, right? If you want to feel less stress, you need to change how and what you're thinking about these circumstances and what they make it mean for you. So these are some things that I would think that were draining to me. These are thoughts that I had that stressed me out. I can't stand all this complaining. This is awful. 
These people are exhausting me. I would get caught up in the gossip and think, how horrible. That person is so wrong. I would perseverate on how I was asked to do more with less time and how tiring and unfair it was. These are the thoughts I had. This was unfair. I'm tired. And all of these things stressed me out more. And those feelings, that feeling of, or that thought of how tired I am, or I'm so stressed, I'm so done. I don't like this. All of that made me feel stressed. I would feel aggravated, tired, mad, frustrated, nervous, worried. All of those depleted my energy. They would make me clench my jaw. They would make my stomach tighten and my heart race sometimes. And then at the end of the day, most likely I would go home and really not want to feel this way anymore. So I would do something that would make me feel good, which the easiest way to do that might be to have a glass of wine or have something sweet. I could try and take a deep breath to calm me down in the moment, but those thoughts would still be racing in this negative loop that was causing this stress reaction in my body. My mind would spin or sometimes just completely shut down, which is kind of what would happen when I started to really get to the end of my rope, so to speak, and kind of hit that burnout phase. So nobody else was causing me to feel this way. I can't catch other people's feelings. Yes, maybe people were unhappy around me, right? And empathy is understanding where people are coming from, but it didn't mean that I had to take it on. I didn't have to make it about me. So there's a difference between telling yourself there's something wrong, right? There's another example with your kid, right? So let's say your, your child is failing a class in school and making this mean something is wrong with them versus thinking about it in a way that, you know, kids are going to make mistakes. Which thought do you think is more stressful? That there's something wrong with your kid or you as a parent or, hmm, they're going to make mistakes. How can I help them? It's also the difference between thinking that you're a bad employee, right? I must be bad. I'm awful. I don't do my job well when your boss is coming down on you. Or thinking that maybe your boss is just having a bad day. Maybe they got yelled at by their boss, right? We can look at things differently and decide which one is more stressful. It's our thoughts about these situations that create our own feelings of stress. It's not them. It's not the person. It's not our boss. It's not our jobs that create our feelings. We create our own feelings by the way we're thinking. So how does this look like for me now? Well, I still catch myself all the time and it requires constant awareness. I'm still going through this, but it is so much better because, and I can tell because of the way I feel when I'm in the same situation that used to really stress me out. And now it doesn't bother me so much. It rolls off of me. And, and it is something that I need to really, really pay attention to. Sometimes I really have to think about <laughs> people that aggravate me. They're, they stress me out. And I have to think of what they're doing in the context of it being them, not me. It does get better. So when I'm hearing people complain, I really identify it as their emotion, not mine. 
I don't have to get aggravated with it. I don't have to let it upset me. I don't need my thoughts to create that stress in my body. I can be curious. I can acknowledge that they look upset and wonder what's upsetting them, but I don't need to make it about me. Which is so much more helpful as an emotion and really is so much better at keeping me from getting pulled down and stressed out about other people's stuff. So we can't always change the fact that the people around us are unhappy, right? You've probably gotten (laughs) that from this episode or that we face difficult situations in our lives, in our jobs. But what happens when we go home and this stress and exhaustion is that we have less willpower to say no to food. We have less stamina and motivation to do the things that we want to do for ourselves to be more healthy, maybe going for a walk or going to an exercise class. And instead we turn to comfort food or a glass of wine. And that's how we start comforting ourselves or self-medicating ourselves. We can't change all the circumstances all the time in our life. And we also can't expect ourselves to be happy all the time. But we are going to come across people in life situations that are unhappy, demanding. We have kids that don't listen. We may get in an argument with our spouse and have a disagreement. What we can change is what it makes, what those situations mean to us and the thoughts that we have about them. And that will influence how you're feeling about them. So if we're less stressed, we're going to be less likely to want to binge on ice cream at the end of the day. And we'll have more energy to go for a walk versus collapsing on the couch and watching Netflix. So you can see how this mindfulness work can be so very helpful and really crucial to a weight loss program. This is the transformational work that can happen when you're working with a coach. And it's certainly something that you can do on your own, but it really truly can be life-changing to go through this process. And this is what's so exciting because Oftentimes our viewpoint is that we need to revamp how we're eating. And that is totally a part of health and weight loss program. But if you're not getting to the root of the problem, what's causing your metabolism to slow down, what's causing you to want to overeat, then changing all of those other things won't last. And if we want to be more present in life and we want to enjoy life more and be happier, we need to really dig down deep into our, what's influencing our emotions, what's helping us or not helping us be happier. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next time.